everybody. Welcome to Group Chat, your weekly podcast for everything disability. Today I have with me Jonathan Shah, uh, Ivy D, myself David D, and today our guest will be Hannah Solomons, the founder of Disability Pride. How are you today, Hannah Solomon? Hi, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. It's good that it's a Friday night, so that's always a good thing. So, Hannah, you're the founder of Disability Pride. That's me. Um, yep. But I run it with a, like all the, the major decisions are made by a committee of disabled people. Okay. What does Disability Pride mean to you? To me, disability is part of who I am and I think that I'm not proud of who I am minus one part. I'm proud of who I am. So yeah. my own disability was an interesting one. Um, I grew up constantly being shamed and stigmatised um, by everyone, including members of my own family. I'm autistic, epileptic, and I have serious mental health issues. It was really stigmatised in my family and then um, around me and in society and it was just really hard. And as I got older, I started to think about why we get forgotten all the time as a group like we talk about diversity but we don't actually talk about disabled people we don't talk about the 20 percent of the world that has disabilities and i started to encounter the social model and learn about what it means to to say that the problem is not all in me and that you can be different and not defective and then we were looking at other pride movements and saying, oh, I wonder if there's something about this for disability. And it turns out overseas there is. Like when we did the Disability Pride Festival in Sydney the first time, I found that there had already been Disability Pride parades in London, Berlin, Seoul, Brighton, Italy, multiple places in the US and even Senegal. And I was like, we really need to catch up here. We need to stop hanging our heads in shame. Most recent one I remember is I was having a conversation about work. I think we can all relate to that. And someone starts asking me questions about what I can cope with. You know, are you sure you can cope with this? Blah, 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 expletive, blah, blah. And she's like, and I said, look, I know where this is going. You want to talk about my disabilities? And she said, oh, no, no. I'm just talking generally because you're more than your disabilities. And I'm like, well, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm quite comfortable with my disabilities. I don't have to be me. And I guess the other thing that disability pride means for me is the community. The community is really important. The thing that really got me through it was the epilepsy community. It wasn't like the big epilepsy foundations. It wasn't anything like that. It was having a community of people where I could share my experiences and get support and advice. Like I'd say 90% of the stuff I know about epilepsy comes from the community. And I was able to turn my experience into helping others. And I think disability prize about community as well. A lot of people are outcasted for disability. I can understand that from my own experiences because people do think you're, you're very limited and they don't know what your abilities are. So... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think identity is the best word in many ways because 
often we try and treat disability as something that we don't associate with ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, that's that unfortunate part of myself that I don't talk about and that everyone kind of thinks about as something that we should pretend doesn't exist if possible. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's a part of our identity and it can be a part of our identity in different ways. Like being a part of the disability community is a huge thing. It gives a lot of people power and strength and identity can mean culture. So I think at the festival, what I found quite exciting about the markets was that we had someone with Braille products, someone with fitness trainers, and someone with um, handmade disability aids. So you're trying to tell me, instead of being shameful of having a disability, you should hide it with high regards. I think disability pride means something to everyone, different things to everyone. But I think accepting and celebrating the community that we're a part of and the part of ourselves that our disability has contributed to is really important. Now, being disabled, I am not ashamed myself of having a disability, but it's a shame when people try to hide it. Can describe the disability pride? In the context of the upcoming final report into the disability commission. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Well, it's not upcoming now. It came out today. And it does mention disability pride. Yay. Which is great to see because it was definitely not on anyone's radar a few years ago. The Disability Royal Commission is showing what we already knew, which is that we're all very oppressed and neglected and suffer from discrimination, but we're all very valuable people and deserve to be included in society. What I think is important about disability pride flag is the background of the pride flag is black that's meant to represent both abuse neglect and violence against us but also our resistance to that it represents mourning but it also represents resistance and one of the things we can take pride in as a disability community is how much we've overcome and how much we've achieved in spite of the intense ableism that we face every day of our lives and that resistance is going to come become more and more important like disability pride is not about pretending that the hardships of living with a disability don't exist so at the festival we always have a wall of remembrance and a minute of silence and we always hand out information to passers-by about ableism. Disability pride is about resisting that. And so the lines on the disability pride flag are all next to each other, which is meant to represent solidarity. And I know all this because I actually interviewed the designer, who is a lady with cerebral palsy in the US. I interviewed her via Reddit. So you've got the, all the different types of disability. The different colours represent different types of disability including invisible and undiagnosed, which is the white. So it's got these lines. They slope one side to the other. There are only two flags in the whole world that have lines sloping that way because, and this was Anne's idea, who's the designer, she said, you need to put a crowbar, like someone breaking out of the box with a crowbar, because people try and box you in. Because most flags, it follows the shape of the square, but we don't. For us, in light of the Royal Commission, we have to stand or sit, depending on 
our disability together in solidarity across all disabilities. And we have to resist mm -hmm. and we have to yep. recognise that disability pride is absolutely not about pretending having a disability is all sweetness and light because it, it isn't, but it is about resistance yep. together. And I think we have to work to break out of the boxes they put us in. Exactly. So, Hannah, you keep mentioning uh, solidarity, not charity. Can you further elaborate on that? What do you mean by solidarity, not charity? So disability pride is hard for people to get their head around. So we came up with all these slogans. Solidarity, not charity is actually Jane's one. So Jane is the lady that chaired the panel, Jane Scott. Basically, the old model of disability that ableists use, if you're lucky, it's based on a concept of charity. And I think charity means that you're inherently bad, that it's optional for another person to help you. So when we were interviewing Jordan Steele John, he said, like, well, the thing about charity is it's optional. So if I think that you're, like, a poor, disabled person and I feel enough compassion for you, I'll remove those stairs. But actually, solidarity is saying you deserve to have all the rights that someone else has and those people with yeah. rights have the duty to stand or sit, as the case may be. I've got a yeah. friend who's a wheelchair user that hates me using the word stand all the time. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, it is. If you use it all the time, especially these contexts, but stand or sit. So solidarity is about saying you deserve to have the same rights as me if you're an able-bodied person or we deserve to have the same rights as each other if you're a disabled person and we need to work together to make sure that happens. Charity is saying, I feel really sorry for you. You aren't inherently entitled to my help and my support and my allyship, but because I'm such a good person and you poor disabled person need my help, I will help you. So I've got, I've got a friend of mine who's a ventilator user and... Um, She's non-verbal, so anything she says is like takes a while to get out, but she made sure that she said this to me, which was I, I, I enacted the charity model for her, which is like, oh, you're so brave. I care so much about you. Oh, you poor thing. The fact that my world is a better place than you're here. I'm such a good person for coming to visit you. That's the charity model. And she goes back with her snarky snarky. She's like, why don't you just pat me on the head while you're at it? And so you'll notice that our sign, one of our signs on the day, had a big picture of someone patting someone on the head with a big line through it saying no head patting. And that's what I think solidarity, not charity. Means. And I thought it was quite funny because this particular friend of mine is not very snarky most of the time. And then she comes out with that. Uh -huh. So you're trying to tell me don't have pity. Don't show pity. Don't show pity, but show respect. Yeah, show respect mm. and recognise that we have a right, not a... Don't be pitiful. Yeah. Like charity comes from an inherent feeling as well that you're superior and what you're doing is like extra credit to your account rather than just what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that, Hannah. So, yeah, solidarity and not charity, people, as Hannah yeah. mentioned. Where do you want to see the disability pride go? All the way, man. All the way. I want to see it have the same recognition as other pride movements because we do make up the world's largest minority. 
I want to be able to not have to explain to people what mm. disability pride is. Like we're going to keep having festivals and I hope to have more, keep having events and I'm hoping that Disability Pride Month will eventually become a real thing in Australia rather than a small thing that no one really knows about, talks about. But that will take time. What I want in the end mm. is cultural change because I think until it becomes culturally unacceptable to mistreat disabled people and until the thinking changes, we won't overcome the oppression that we face. Why did of intersectionality in the Disability Pride highlights disabled identity. So I would say for me, like, one of the slogans that I personally came up with for us, I was outvoted on making it the theme for this year, was is diversity includes disability. So the first oh, yeah. thing you need to understand is that if you're going to talk about gender and sexuality and race mm. and language and culture and you're not going to talk about disability, you're actually missing the largest minority group out there. But you actually can't include women, people of colour, LGBTQ people, First Nations people. It's actually not possible to include any of those groups unless you include disabled people. Because last time I checked, there were disabled people of colour and there are disabled women and there are disabled LGBTQ people. Like, I know this is really shocking head explosion for some people. It's just such a shocking... I'm being sarcastic, by the way, for our neurodiverse people. I'm being very sarcastic here. But I think disability pride is about... I think if you have more than one identity that is a minority identity, you become doubly invisible. And disability pride is about taking away one of those types of invisibility and saying, yeah. hey, we exist. I mean, we try... Right. Yeah. I'm not LGBTQ and I'm not from a non-English-speaking background, but as a woman with disability, I've seen firsthand what that's like. I would go so far as to say it put my life at risk more than once. Not the fact that I'm disabled alone, not the fact that I'm a woman alone, but the fact that I'm a woman with disability. So intersectionality is a really serious issue, but the only way we can address it is to highlight disabled identity because we do do practical stuff like practical lobbying and one of the things we did at our local council was they had this um, vision, they had this community strategic plan that said, we want to be a caring and diverse society that really embraces difference and equality. That was their main overarching statement. They then refused to mention disability anywhere in the plan. And I'm sitting there going, hello, we exist, <laughs> hi. So, we certainly do. I guess, okay, adds that extra layer to disability being, you know, uh, from a cow background or a women or person from the LGBTQ community. It adds that layer to the barriers that we face every day. It's amazing, you know, the work that you're doing in the disability pride movement. Let's get it recognized, you know, let's put it out there. Get the word, you know, spread. Let's celebrate it because it is all about inclusion at the end of the day. It's about inclusion, but it's also about changing ourselves. For me personally, the most meaningful things that have happened for me through running the Disability Pride events is my own personal journey of Disability Pride. Like, I still experience shame. I remember the first time I was the MC and I'd made this kind of artwork of the things that I'm most ashamed of about my disability and I held it up in front of the crowd. And I wasn't expecting this, 
but they actually broke out into applause. And so this whole experience of shame suddenly turned into my community applauding me. I mean, that is priceless experience. And so many disabled people have come to me after the festival and said, I used to experience shame and now I've been released from shame in myself and I don't feel shame about myself anymore. That, to me, is one of the most amazing things we can achieve. It's just as a person from a cow background, we experience a shame all the time. And so people tend to judge us. That adds another layer to, you know, the, the challenges we face all the time. Yeah. I think one of our members, his definition of disability pride is the opposite of shame. How, uh, how we bring others, uh, how do we bring others along in the pride movement? Especially those who don't identify as disabled yet. Well, I mean, that's kind of two questions. How do we bring others along? Get involved in Disability Pride. Go to our website, sign up, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, volunteer. Those are all great things to do. And anyone can do their own Disability Pride stuff. You might start. We have printables on our website that you can share. We have merchandise that you could spread. I think it's about having more events, celebrating. I think we need to have a lot of discussion within the community like this because if people from the outside of the community go, oh, you need to be proud, don't be ashamed of who you are, I don't know that that's easy to hear. It's like whatever. We as a community need to decide that we're proud. When I was at the Pride Festival, you were, some people were signing petitions for a disability princess. We had a disabled Disney princess, yeah? Did that come through? Oh, no, that'll be a while. I think that's a long-standing petition that's going to take a while to happen. I think, I mean, what I loved about the festival, though, was that we didn't wait for Disney to make a disabled princess. We had our own anyway. Um, and that was awesome. Yeah, she was awesome. I'm, I'm thinking of having a disability princess and also having, like, a disability action figure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's get the movement going. I mean, all those things, representation, but for someone who doesn't identify as disabled yet, I think you've got to start by helping them. Do you mean someone who, say, for example, has a hidden disability and says they're not, dis like, says, oh, I'm not disabled? Or what do you mean by that sort of person? Yes, people have a hidden disability that don't like to show up. I guess we as a disabled community have to make it an inviting place and have yeah. a conversation with them that is supportive. Like, it's really weird, the attitude to, to having a disability. I remember once at the beginning of my PhD, I was having a conversation with someone about my topic and someone says, oh, yeah, I've got a friend who's having their leg chopped off, but I don't think they'd want us to refer to them as disabled. And I'm sitting there going, what are they then? Like a flamingo? <laughs> That goes on. Like I had a conversation in the office once where I was like explaining about epilepsy. If I have a seizure in the office, this is what you need to do because I have regular seizures. This person's like, oh, mm -hmm. I won't insult you by saying you have a disability. And I'm like, what the bleep, 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 bleep. I don't know that we can really expect people to identify as disabled. Until we change the attitude to say it's not an insult or a shameful thing, and it's going to be hard for people to identify. Hannah, don't you think we should start from the education area? Well, as in start by providing inclusive education. To understand what disability is. Some people learn about disability from school. 
Oh, I definitely think that would be good. But, I mean, part of that would be having more inclusive schools. And at the moment, I don't know that that much has changed since I was in school and my mother had to pull me out and homeschool me because there was nowhere I could go to school. Like, I don't think kids are going to be able to learn about disability when we're being chucked out of the school system. That is so true, yep. So, Hannah, what are your final thoughts or anything, any final say you want to share with the audience? Final thoughts are wherever you are in your disability pride journey and whatever disability pride means to you, I'd encourage you to be open-minded and thoughtful and really just stand or sit, as the case may be, or lie, as the case may be for some people, um, with other members of the community who experience disability shame and disability oppression. And together we can have an identity instead of a shame. And I think that's amazing. Let's replace let's replace shame with identity. And let's you asked me about solidarity and confronting the final report. And I do actually want to answer that, Jonathan, because I think it's really important because the final report is going to be painful for some people. So we need to be there for each other as we work through the emotions that come out of it and the trauma and the people who hear feel heard, the people who feel unheard. We need to work together like Sometimes the disability rights movement can get a little bit catty and we cannot afford to do that. There's 222 recommendations on that report and people's lives are on the line in terms of whether those recommendations get fulfilled. For some people, it's a matter of life and death. So we need to put aside all of our disagreements and our petty jealousies and anything else and work together to say, no, we are a combined force and you will not take these rights away from us. Well said, well said. Uh, thank you for that, Anna. David, do you have any any, any final thoughts from your end? My final thoughts are we, as people with disabilities, shouldn't be looked at what our disabilities are. Don't look at what we can't do, but look at what we can do. Agreed. And together, mm. and together we can do anything. Together. Mm. Together we can, for sure. Thank you very much, David. Uh, Jonathan, over to you. Any final thoughts? We should celebrate disability from the social model. We are now broken. We are not defensive. We are equal members of society. Here, here, Jonathan. Exactly, exactly. Spot on. Well said, Jonathan. I uh, shy away from the medical model and get into the social model where we're not seen as people that are sick, but rather it's society that makes us uh, disabled or causes barriers that come in the way. Thank you, look, thank you very much, Hannah, for, yeah, I guess, uh, being involved in crypto. Disability pride. Let's spread the word out there. But also, be sure to check out the merchandise and also the website. You hold an event every year to celebrate Disability Pride. So be sure to check that out. 
and actually next you get bigger and better thank you very much Adam, for being involved uh, with us on quickchat your weekly podcast on everything disability join us thank next you. week as we talk about everything disability goodbye for now 